The In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. podcast. Please like the podcast, podcast. and subscribe podcast. to this channel. Podcast. Thank you. Podcast. Have you experienced several failed relationships or been through a divorce? How can you avoid making the same mistakes again? How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes is out now. Hi, my name is Nigel Beckles. My new book is packed with practical and common sense strategies that you can use to make better relationship choices. Now you can discover the dangerous myths about love. If your relationship expectations are realistic, why you could be falling in love for all the wrong reasons. How to avoid making the big relationship mistakes. It's a book that could change your life. Available from Amazon.co.uk. Kindle version also available. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to my In Conversation podcast series. My guest for this episode is the founder of an online support group for men, the Men's Mental Health Support Group, American Frank Kamamita. Hi, Frank. Welcome to my podcast series. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. So where are you living at the moment? I live in uh, in South Louisiana, just outside of the New Orleans area in the U.S. So did you grow up there? Yeah, born and raised in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, I bounced around from, you know, in the general area. I've moved around here a few times. But, yeah, born and raised in New Orleans. So what do you do for a living? I actually am the owner of uh, a company called Cameron Investments. And uh, we are a, a real estate investment company. Essentially, we buy, buy and sell real estate and, uh, you know, lease it and flip it and things like that. And how did you become involved in that area of work? Uh, going back uh, a, a little bit, you know, I was when I, in my early 20s working at a nightclub. And it's so interesting. I had wasn't making very much money and my, my vehicle broke. And I needed to have some car repairs done. So I called up my aunt and uncle, who I knew owned a business. It was an insurance business. And I asked them if I could come do some work, you know, try to get some extra money so I can get my car fixed. They agreed. So it just so happens that uh, after a period of time had gone by, uh, I ended up working in the insurance business full time. And uh, that just kind of led into me falling in love with real estate. And, and, and that's really how it all came to be. Well, we are here to discuss men and relationships. So first of all, how do you think the way many boys are raised affects them negatively when they become adults? You know, I grew up with separated parents. My dad never, not really around for the most part. Him and my mom separated before I even have a, a memory of it. And, you know, there's there's different things that could happen. You know, an absent father, uh, you know, will have a, a one effect on the way you're, you grow up and the man you become uh, in the future. And then, of course, you know, depending on what your situation is, you know, if your father's present and, you know, let's say maybe abusive in some way or another, you know, that has a whole nother spiraling effect, you know, later on in life. But uh, in my experience, my father was mostly absent with friends. We don't really have a, a father son relationship, but we're buddies. But it was a struggle, you know, like trying to figure some things out and, and trying to be like, you know, not having that that male role model in your life to teach you some, some things. You know, you can definitely find yourself in some situations that you probably wouldn't otherwise have been in if you had, you know, some guidance. Well, our experiences are very similar because I grew up with a absent father. So yeah, I totally relate to that. 
So what type of challenges have you faced in your relationships? Oh, you name it. <laughs> uh, all of them. All of them. You know, my mom, my mom did a good job teaching me some things, you know, uh, and I have to say, you know, whole basic gentlemen and, uh, Basic etiquette, you know, opening doors and, and, you know, just things, just the small things, man, you know, the real small things. And that, that helped out a lot. But as far as problems in a relationship, you know, commitment, that's a big one. That's a real big one. You grow up with parents who are separated and you hear different stories, right? Oh, he did this. She did that. This is why it didn't work, whatever. And, and then you never really see, or you don't get to grow up and witness what working through differences with your spouse or partner looks like. It's just so quick that when you get into an argument or whatever, it's like, hey, you know, you throw your hands up and abandon ship. And then other things, selfishness. You don't know how to, to give yourself to another person. You never witnessed it. You didn't grow up like that. So there were definitely obstacles and challenges and uh, learning how to, like, you know, be a partner with somebody. So, Frank, what is your current relationship status and situation? Well, right now I'm actually in the middle of a divorce. Why do you think your marriage failed? Why my marriage failed is after really taking a close look at it this past, you know, several nine or 10 months, my wife, you know, I believe that she is a narcissist, very abusive and uh, mentally and emotionally abusive anyway. You know, I think as I started to figure out what was kind of going on, why I was being treated the way that I was being treated, I, you know, I really stopped giving in to a lot of, you know, a lot of the nonsense, you know, stopped really threw my hands in the air. And I was like, man, I just can't go on like this anymore. Well, although it's not widely discussed, men can be abused in their relationships. So when did you realize you were being abused? Man, it wasn't actually until after the relationship was over that I realized that it was abuse. And it, it's so crazy because, you know, going through this thing uh, with my wife, this these back and forth, you know, it was always she would leave and a uh, period of time would go by. She would want to get back together. We get back together. And she says, well, I left because I really never got a straight answer. But it was always she needed more. She needed something more. She needed me to not hang out with my friends as much. She needed me to do more around the house or make more money or even get a new house or get a new car. I mean, it was always something, always something. And I do all of those things, you know, like any, any, I think man who, or partner in general loves their partner, you know, you'll do whatever it takes to make your relationship work. You know, you'll put in your partner says, I need more. You want to, you want to give them more, you know, you want to give them everything. This happened three times that she left. Uh, well, she left and came back twice. The third time she left was that's, that was it for me. And, you know, that left me in a, in a really weird spot. You know, I had a lot of separation anxiety, I guess you could say. You're married for a number of years and you come home from work or wherever. And what you're used to is you're coming home and the cartoons are blaring on the TV and, and the dishes and the kids are screaming and toys are everywhere. It's just absolute chaos when you get home. And then when you come home after separation and the house is empty and silent, it's disturbing. It's not it's not peace. And it wasn't until a couple of weeks after, you know, talking to a therapist and kind of going through all of the specific situations and the details of rehashing all of the uh, the disagreements that, you know, we concluded that she has, you know, narcissistic personality disorder. And he says, I've been trying to hint it to you. He says, I think I've known for a while. And he said, you know, but I couldn't give you the answer. You wouldn't believe me if I gave you the answer. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't believe me if I just told you what it was. You had to kind of go through the motions and figure it out on your own. And that's really part of the healing process is uh, acknowledging, you know, the fact that you, this is what you're dealing with. 
So, yeah, I had no knowledge of uh, what NPD was. Uh, it just so happened that, I mean, I, I started asking the, the questions, man. Why do I feel this way when I, don't, I know I didn't do anything wrong? It was a very confusing mental place to be. Well, that's very true. And, and also very common. In my experience, I found that in the aftermath, I started looking for answers trying to make sense of the experience. And that's a very common, very common thing in terms of it's in the aftermath. People can get actually obsessed with the research in terms of trying to understand what happened and why it happened. So besides your therapist, did you reach out to anybody else for support? At that time, no, I did. Well, okay. Yes and no. You know, you try to talk to your friends and your family and stuff like that. And it generally, in my experience, it didn't go anywhere, man. I mean, my, you know, this, my wife and I had separated two times and gotten back together twice before this, this final time. And uh, you try, I mean, your family don't want to listen to the drama no more. Your friends are exhausted and they want to hear you vent, but they're generally kind of dismissive of really getting into the depth of it. They're like, oh man, I hear you. She's, you know, she sucks or, you know, whatever, you know, let's, you know, let's hang out and have a good time. Prior to the therapy and as far as support and things like that, no, I mean, I, you know, I would just vent and complain to my family and stuff like that. And uh, it's only been recently that I realized I needed, I needed people who knew this, who knew more about this topic than I do. I needed to be surrounded by those people and have conversation and dialogue saying, oh man, I don't feel like I'm on an island anymore. You know, I don't feel alone, like I'm suffering with nobody to go to anymore. Uh, So it's only been recently that I, relatively recently that Mm -hmm. I've, I've found support in other places. Well, I find that interesting that you say that because today I was in a support group and a lady posted and she's in a new relationship and she was explaining that her previous relationship involved narcissistic abuse and her new partner's response was well it couldn't have been that bad so she felt obviously invalidated one and now she's having confidence issues in terms of what else should she share with him or should she actually share anything else with him at all because it is very invalidating but then again if someone hasn't been through it themselves, it can be very difficult for them to understand. It can also be difficult for someone who's been through that to actually explain what they've been through. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I found it personally challenging. You know, I still talk to my friends and family, stuff like that. Uh, they see some of the things that I'm doing online and actually showing a little bit of interest. And, you know, honestly, it's not only is it challenging to, like, explain it, it's exhausting it's exhausting to actually talk about it because it is really psychological warfare and uh, it, it, it's tough, man. It's a tough thing to come out of. Are there any children involved in your current situation? Yes, I have two kids. I have two awesome boys. They're my best friends. So how do you manage the visitation and parenting? Man, that's, it's all, it always seems to be a, a struggle when you're dealing with a narcissist. But uh, as of right now, uh, I, ha- I get the kids seven days and then she gets them for seven days. Why do you think many guys struggle to express their emotions? I think there's a, quite a few reasons, actually. You know, we, we live systemically. Men have been suppressed. They've been taught to don't, don't be a wuss. Don't be a wimp. Men don't cry. Man up. That's the culture probably been instilled in men forever. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's ever a time where they were, you know, encouraging men to come out about their feelings and talking and things like that, you know. Uh, so I think that's one issue. You know, men have been raised and, you know, it's almost like written in stone. Men don't talk about their feelings. Okay. 
And then I think the second thing is, is that uh, in a traditional, you know, husband and wife relationship, you know, a man and a woman relationship, I feel like at least one of the partners, let's say the man in this case, because based on your question, it feels like they need to keep in their things so that they're available to listen and receive their partners, you know? And I think uh, the husband, I think a lot of time takes that role, uh, doesn't say anything that the husband, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't complain. He doesn't say, I don't want to hear how you feel today. And I think a lot of times the, the women have so much to say in this relationship that the men feel like they can't ever get it out. And even when they want to, even when they want to, they feel like, you know, the, the, the few times that they have shared how they're really feeling, the woman could would not just accept the fact that he is entitled to have his own feelings. Whether I disagree or agree with them, those feelings are not, right? So what ends up happening is the very few select times that a man does express himself to his wife, right? How he's feeling, he doesn't feel connected, whatever it might be, it doesn't really matter. She'll turn that around on him or invalidate him. Right. Because she's not even used to processing her husband's feelings. She doesn't know how to because he doesn't communicate them. But he feels like he can't communicate them because she don't know how to process them. It's it's just this really vicious cycle. Well, that's partly true. I'd agree with that partly. But I still have to look at the fact that going back to how boys are orientated to become men, Mm -hmm. they fall into the strong, silent type. So the guys don't express themselves in a way. So then if a guy's not expressing himself on an emotional level, how is his partner going to learn how to respond? That's exactly what I was just saying. The man doesn't express himself. And the partner has very few times uh, heard their man express himself. And they don't even have the, the ability or, or the knowledge of how to react to it. They have no idea. Because it just doesn't happen. It's, it's like everything in life, you know, you, you get better at it with practice. And um, if the man is not you know, communicating how he feels to his wife, but, you know, on the rare occasions that it happens, you know, once a year, maybe, um, honestly, you know, once a year on the rare occasion that has happened, the wife is generally flabbergasted, taken back by what just came because he's got 12 months of feelings that are coming out in one conversation. Uh, And then the wife is just like, what? I understand you've started a support group online. Why did you decide to take that action or make that decision? You know, I decided to to do the support group for a couple of reasons. Number one, in the support groups, uh, you had asked me earlier, you know, what other outlets, uh, you know, what kind of support have I surrounded myself with? And uh, I turned to support groups, although I did get a lot of value. Uh, from those groups. And there are a lot of helpful people, helpful information in there. But there's been a handful of times in those groups where you could really see the whole girl power thing kind of taken over where, you know, these women were just so, so quick to snap off and say, well, what did you do to make your wife feel that way? They were so quick to invalidate how I felt as a man communicating. And, I, and that's when I was like, you know, there's a bigger issue here. You know, yeah, I'm dealing with my own things and I need, I need healing and, and, and knowledge and all of that kind of stuff. But I think there's a bigger issue in, in that men don't really have a way to gain the skills of communicating, number one, right? They, they don't have a place to do it because they feel like they'll be judged or invalidated or nobody wants to hear it or, you know, they'll be perceived as weak or anything like that. And so uh, I started a group. Uh, it's primarily for men. It's not biased. Women can join the group, but it is primarily for men. 
to come and talk about what they are experiencing, not just in terms of uh, narcissistic abuse, but in any type of emotional capacity. Uh, they're free to come in there and talk. Our goal, however, the mission of the group is to support men who are in a similar position that I was. Your wife left you without notice, without explanation. You have kids. You did your, you know, your absolute best. You loved your wife. You treated her well. You try to be a good dad. dad and and you, mean, you, you feel like you wore yourself so thin and your wife left you anyway. You don't know what's going on. You're just in a really confused state. You don't even know what narcissistic personality disorder is yet. Is yet, and I was there. I know that it's a very, very hard bridge to cross. You know, so I made the group for for men to have a safe place to come. You know, and I encourage women to come as well. But I will, you know, and I'm clear uh, to the to the ladies in the group that there's there's plenty of places in other groups where they can go and vent, press themselves. I encourage them to go do that stuff there. Uh, this group is for, for men. Now, women are, of course, welcome. Um, I just ask that, you know, women uh, help build, help rebuild these men, help rebuild these men. Be open. Don't don't invalidate them. Don't try to take over the conversation. This is, you know, this is a place for, for the men to talk. But women, you're welcome to come and see what's on these guys' minds, too. So what's the name of your group? Uh, the name on the group on Facebook, it is the Men's Mental Health Support Group. That's it. Men's Mental Health Support Group. So, Frank, how can people contact you? Oh, man. Well, number one, the best way to contact me is through uh, the Facebook group. Join the group. I'll, I will approve you immediately. Uh, but if anybody wants my email address, I'll go ahead and give that out here. Personal email address is the letter A, then a period. My last name, Caminita, C-A-M-I-N-I-T, as in tango, A, 04 at gmail.com. Okay, Frank, it's been great talking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much. The podcast series hosted by author Nigel Beckles, featuring discussions with award-winning authors, therapists, coaches, musicians, plus individuals with intriguing stories to share. Available on all major podcast platforms now, 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 now. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe. Another In Conversation podcast coming soon.